0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast. I'm your host, Dan Johnson, and if you hear my daughter screaming and yelling throughout uh, this recording today, uh, I apologize. She is in a wild animal mode right now, so uh, for those of you who have uh, rabid pit bulls or children, you you know exactly what I'm talking about. Now, today's podcast, we're gonna, going to be talking uh, with a guy From Kentucky, his name is Jim, uh, and he is the spotlight of this week's hunter profile. He is going to uh, talk to us about a really cool story uh, of a buck that he chased for several years. Found found the sheds, got the sheds. uh, Pretty cool and and funny story that follows. So, uh, give it a listen and enjoy. All right, here we are for another episode of the Hunter Profile, and today I'm going to be talking with Jim, is it Terrell? It's Terrell. Terrell, all right, Jim Terrell. Jim, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, how old are you? Where do you live? What do you do for a living? Uh,
1: I'm 32, um, live in Kentucky, um, I've been hunting my whole life, and uh I currently My job is a designer for sprinkler systems. Um, And kind of a back story on that is uh, later on as we get into the hunting part of this, uh, that kind of plays a part in all of this uh, mania that that went into killing this deer because I I took that job right before a vacation was supposed to start during the rut.
0: Gotcha. All right. So you live in Kentucky. Um, I guess let's just start at the very beginning. H- how long have you been bow hunting?
1: Um, well, ever since I was a kid and able to tag along with my dad, um, I, I was pretty much the, uh, the second boy of the family. So, you know, I-, I, always went up, uh, following my dad squirrel hunting and things like that. But, um, you know, I, I really didn't get too much deer action until my brother was old enough to go on his own. So um, probably around the time that I was about the age of nine, I started tagging along with dad on deer hunts. And uh, shortly after that, I was toting uh, an old hand-me-down recurve um, that that took several years to actually, (laughs)
0: you
1: know, get something on the ground with that type of uh, (laughs) equipment.
0: So the reason you're here is because you were pretty successful this year and uh, laid down, I'm looking at a picture of it right now, a stud. Um, Before we get into that, Tell us a little bit about. Um, I guess start us off. What do you do? What do you do to prepare for a season? Fill us in on on what what kind of property you're hunting. Is it public? Is it I mean is it family owned? What's the What's the story here, there?
1: Uh, well, first off, on on as far as property goes, uh, you know it's a little bit of a mixture of both, but primarily I hunt private property. Um, this particular piece of property that we're going to be talking about is roughly about 250 acres um it's just an old friend of, of my dad's that he grew up with that has uh, been gracious enough over the years to let us hunt and uh you know it it's always produced decent deer but nothing of this caliber
0: is it uh describe the property does it have agriculture on it does it have livestock on it
1: no, this this uh, this piece uh, for uh, for the listeners to to kind of get an idea of how this lays out. If you basically take the letter M and then underline it, um, the letter M and the underline itself is going to be mostly woods. Um, no no agriculture on this particular piece of property. Uh, all the fields get cut annually. You know just. So that the farmer, you know, farmer's field doesn't get overgrown, but there's there's nothing growing on it. Uh, but the actual woods themselves are pretty much all mature oaks. So uh, it's kind of live or die by the acorn
0: crop where where we're hunting. Lots of uh, lots of acorns this year for you.
1: No, uh, <laughs> very very few. So <laughs> I was uh, I was lucky to have some success.
0: Gotcha. So, tell us a little bit about how you how you go about. I mean, you've been hunting since a kid. You're 32, so you're 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 what I would call a seasoned bow hunter. Um, how do you approach every season? Is there is there steps that you take?
1: Well, uh, you know, I think most hunters can understand that. You know, by the time one season ends, you know, the next season pretty much starts up right away. You're uh, you're out there. February, March, checking out all the signs, seeing if you missed anything um, with any luck. You might pick up a shed or two, um, unless you're me and you just don't have any luck shed on. (laughs) (laughs) But, but, you know, that that rolls right in through uh, turkey season. And once that's over, you know, it's pretty much uh, putting out minerals and uh, hanging cameras just to see what made it through the year and, uh, you know, seeing what's going to be up and coming for the season.
0: How many years have you been hunting this property? Oh gosh, uh,
1: well I, I would say twenty years.
0: Okay, cumulative. <laughs> and roughly, so, uh, you said it's about two hundred and fifty acres, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so it's two hundred and fifty acres. It's got some hardwoods on it. Got some acorns. Um, you put out some mineral. You throw up some trail cameras. How many How many trail cameras are you running?
1: On this particular piece, I would say anywhere from four to eight, just kind of depending, you know, how the season's going, what I'm seeing. Uh, unfortunately, uh, I've had a little dose of, of your luck lately, and uh some of my cameras seem to walk off. So Oh shit. But uh it's been a problem here the last probably three or four years with cameras and tree stands disappearing. So it's kind of a put a hindrance on some of my scouting just on, on some of those areas where I really want to get in and, and see, you know, you, you put a camera out and a month later you're you're all amped up to go check it and then you know, it's gone. So Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of the downfall of, of cameras.
0: Yeah, I hear that. Uh, I, I would love to have a little conversation if I ever do uh, find the guy who 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 does that kind of type of stuff. I, I don't know what I would say to him. I'd probably just uh, call him yeah. some dirty names and then walk away. But well, I, I've I've thought the same thing
1: myself. And you know, you you think you would say or do a lot of things, but until it really
0: happens, who <laughs> who knows? So, right, right. I, it, it might be best that we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. It's, it's, uh, let's, let's go back a ways and I want you to tell me the very first time that you, that you had an encounter or you found a shed or you got a trail camera picture of this particular buck that you ended up harvesting.
1: Okay. Well, uh, the story goes back to 2012 and, um, like I said, this, the farm that I'm actually hunting doesn't have any agriculture on it. But in 2012, the neighboring land was bought, and the new landowner came in on the bottoms and put in some corn. So right away, I was you know I was pumped and uh, looking forward to, you know, what it might bring off of other neighboring land and you know just in general the health of the deer, the size of the deer, number of deer, um, anything like that. Um, I put a camera up on the fence, facing the neighboring property. Um, and, and sure enough, the very first picture I got off of it was a deer that at the time I, I had deemed the cornfield buck just generically because it was the very first deer I saw. Um, so in a roundabout way, that was the first time that I actually saw this deer.
0: Okay. So, and and that was in 2012. What Describe what he looked like in 2012 and, and tell me what his age, your, your best guess of what do you think his age was.
1: Yeah. Um. I was, I was guessing at two and a half, um, maybe upper one twenties, maybe low one thirties at the most. And, uh, just basically, uh, a, an eight point, um, he it, it, it was technically a 10 point. He had some, you know, g threes uh, or G4s rather, you know, that were maybe an inch long at the time. Um, and you know, he was, a, he was a really nice beer, you know, not, nothing giant, but just a nice beer. Um and you know at the time I didn't have a deer on my radar. Um so I I didn't know if I would take him or not, but it was a prospect.
0: Right. Right. As a two year old.
1: Yeah, as a two and a half year old. Okay. Um and and honestly it's it's uh I'm not I'm not a guy who uh who has to wait on a one fifty, uh a one fifty where we hunt in particular is is a great deer you know um so it it was one of them things, and it, another thing that came into play for me was um I had been self filming for for quite a while back, and you know the the rigors that go into that right so um you know it it all kind of depended on how it played out.
0: Gotcha, all right, so did you see him on the hoof in in two
1: thousand and twelve? Well, funny story was. Uh, I had not seen him. Um, I had actually only gotten that one picture of that deer at the time. Uh, and as as the season went through, he, it wasn't even a deer that was, you know, really on the radar. Like I said, it was it was a nice deer. But as the season came through, uh, opening day of rifle season came came around, and I I liked the bow hunt. More than I do rifle hunt, but I always pick my rifle up during rifle season because it's kind of like a, the family tradition. Dad comes right. out and, and my brother hunts and everything like that. So I, I've never put the rifle down for for rifle season. Gotcha. So opening opening day, I have a deer come running across the field. I, I don't get a good look at him. I just know he's a decent deer in some brush. He he comes out, steps out, starts to make a scrape. I'm fighting with the camera trying to get it on the deer. You know, that whole uh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that whole ordeal that 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 includes. But uh I actually uh I'm gonna I'm gonna humiliate myself a little bit, Dan. But uh I do it every day. The deer. Yeah, yeah, that's best part about it, <laughs> But uh pull up, take a quick shot, wasn't stable, the deer runs off. So it it wasn't a giant deer, like I said, at the time. Uh I just kind of blew it off. Um, so after everything calms down, I start watching the footage back, and I realize that I had pulled the shot bad, and I had actually shot one of the antlers off of this deer. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm literally in the stand laughing to myself. I, I'm not proud of it, but it happened. And uh, uh, so I get down and, and pick up about half of a. Half of a deer's rack <laughs> so uh that,
0: what, was it, is, it is, wasn't this buck was it
1: well, yes, it ended up being this buck
0: you gotta be shitting me
1: no i'm I'm completely serious
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love this already, this is awesome, yeah, yeah, okay, so you you just got done shooting the antler off this off this deer now what
1: yeah, well, um. I wasn't too too tore up about it. I was I actually split my time between Indiana and Kentucky and uh I I was hunting some some giant deer in Indiana. Um way bigger than anything that I was hunting in Kentucky. And I I actually took a really nice buck, an eight pointer in Indiana with my bow that year. Um it was a low forties eight pointer, so it's a pretty stud eight pointer.
0: Yeah.
1: Um but as far as Kentucky goes, I, I never saw the deer again. I didn't know what happened. I didn't. I, I didn't know if I gave his deer a concussion and he went, you know, <laughs> ran three farms away. I had no idea. But all I knew was, 2012 for that particular animal was uh, was no longer. I never saw him on camera or anything else that
0: year. Gotcha. So, yeah. So fast forward. You did. Did you find any of his sheds that? That fall or that uh, winter
1: no no. Uh, no, no. and uh at the time I didn't even know that that this was the same deer um it, i I never put this together until later, got gotcha. uh al'beit we'll uh we'll fast forward to to that next season two thousand thirteen so two thousand thirteen rolls around, and I put my you know same same deal, put out the minerals, put out the cameras, see what's going to be on camera. And uh, one of his very first deer in 2013, I could tell was going to be a good deer. I didn't know how good, but, you know, it was going to be a good deer. So this deer, over a month's time, turns into just a gorgeous 10-pointer with a split G3 on his right side. uh, Probably mid-40s, but just mass. I mean... Way more mass than anything that I'm used to on this particular farm. So uh, as, as the season starts to to kick off, I have this deer, you know, way up at the top of my list. I'm hoping I'm seeing him, but at, at at the same time I'm getting pictures, but I'm not getting anything to really nail down any kind of pattern. Um, the only thing that that I could really tell was that. Every time I had a picture of him, he was running north and south on the farm. No matter where, no matter what camera he was on, he was always on that same north-south pattern. But at the same time, the pictures were kind of spread out, and you know, I really couldn't nail down any type of, you know, real pattern on him.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Now I'm looking at this picture. Did he always have that split in his ear, or when did he get that? Well. Funny
1: story again. Oh my! <laughs> well, it's it, it's kind of the same story, and and I never thought about this until after I had harvested this deer. Um, you know, I I kind of questioned whether or not that happened during that shot. Um, I have I have no proof whether it did or not, but as he was growing antlers, you know, May, uh, you know, during the summertime of 2013 he already had that split. So, you know, I don't, I don't know if he got it as a two and a half year old fighting a deer or if that actually was, you know, a result of that errant shot.
0: But at at least you knew he had a characteristic on his ear that made, you know, that was like, Hey, this is the buck and he's, he's back again.
1: Oh yeah. Um, He had that, he had that split ear and his brow tines, uh, they tilt in towards each other, which is kind of rare, uh, especially on this farm. Um, so, you know, even when he was just starting to sprout antlers, I could tell right away that, you know, that's him. So, yeah. Um, so, you know, moving moving on through the season of 2013, uh, I, like I said, I was getting pictures few and far between, but knew he was there. And uh, that the second weekend – of October I was sitting in a field a uh, little bit of brush growing in the field but not nothing too tall but it was a real foggy morning um, one of those early October mornings where it feels like it's going to happen you know yeah um, and, and out of the fog I have two bucks materialized and I could tell one of them was you know much bigger than the other deer and and I, he wasn't close enough you know, to even get excited or, or reach for my bow, but it was nice to at least see him on hoof and, and know that, you know, he's in the area. So, uh, the very next weekend I had similar scenario, same wind patterns. Uh, we had a, another, you know, cool October morning. So I decided to go to that same exact stand. It's in a, a grove of trees in the middle of a field. But sure enough at a at daylight, and that same deer came from, at this point, the neighbor's soybean field, jumped the fence, started working their way towards me in the field. The wind was perfectly in my face, and uh, they worked to about 175 yards. And for whatever reason, like all deer do, they just have that sixth sense, took a right, and, and left the field. No rhyme or reason for it.
0: So you mentioned something about tree stands on this. You said the, it's a, it's a block attempt or it's a block. For the most part, the property borders are, are they a triangle or excuse me, a a big square with an M that's underlined and that the M with the underline, that is the, the woods and the rest is Mm -hmm. like a a field, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh so, so
1: it lays out more like a, a rectangle.
0: Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. So is this, um, did have you been hunting the tr- same tree stands for several years, or do you move them around every year to try to find uh, uh, the new pattern?
1: Well, um, we we always take our stands
0: down just for, for weathering purposes. We don't want
1: straps and, and cables and everything like that to, to get too you know, worn out. But after you hunt a farm for twenty years, there's always hot spots. Right. And there there might be a tree or two that always gets the same stand year after year. But you know, that that you know, that particular spot that that is a good area, we might move a stand forty yards or eighty yards. You know, it just depends on year to year, you know, what we might have seen the year before or you know, it might go in the same tree ten years in a row. So it you know, it's it's all kind of playing cat and mouse and, and making best judgment.
0: Gotcha. All right. So you you uh you kind of you in two thousand thirteen you had a couple encounters with him. Um anything anything close in two
1: thousand and thirteen? No. Uh that, that particular weekend that third week in october was was the closest that i actually got um on the on the hoof um and just shortly shortly after that point that i've seen him uh I, I spent the majority of my time in indiana so once again you know i i, I missed the biggest majority of the, i guess the best action if you will on on that particular farm in kentucky so um you know, just I've never seen him again uh, had pictures, you know, but mostly at nighttime and uh just just a ghost of a deer, I mean you would see him you know once or twice a year, but but that was it, gotcha,
0: gotcha so now what's uh any any sheds or any any other important information or important pieces of the story between the end of the 2013 season and uh, let's say like the summer of uh, the 2000 the start of the 2014 season?
1: Uh, well, at, at this time, no. Okay.
0: Uh,
1: all I knew was I was still getting pictures late in the season. Um, I had a picture. The last picture I had of him for the 2013 season was January 30th. So, unless he got, you know, died from uh, maybe an illness or, you know, a car or something like that, I knew
0: that he had made it through the season at least.
1: Right. And, uh, you know, should have been a great year coming up in 2014.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. When did you get your first pictures of him in 2014?
1: Well, um uh, let me uh, let me let me build on the story here for two thousand and fourteen. All right. Um as we're as we're going in, um me and my wife were expecting our second baby. So going in, that baby was gonna be due the middle of September. So our our bowl season starts the first Saturday of it, of September over here. Gotcha. So I knew going into fourteen Time was probably going to be cut a little bit shorter, <laughs> <laughs> as you can probably as you can probably attest to. Um, so, as, as 2014 rolled around with, with cameras, um, as soon as I put him out, he was on it. I mean, bloody way. Um, and uh, back backtracking a little bit to 13, I, I had named him kind of a funny name for a deer, but uh a buddy of mine and uh and I were talking just about the deer in general and I had said you know for two thousand thirteen I said this this is a good deer I should probably name it just cause, you know so we can follow him. So he, he said, you ought to name him some silly you know something not, nothing like uh split G three or, or right, something right. like that, you know. That, so uh we we went with Big Larry.
0: Big Larry. So
1: Big Larry is, is uh <laughs> the character that that we've been talking about so as as i said uh checking the cameras in fourteen two thousand and fourteen uh right away I think Larry showed up i mean everywhere um he he lost all of his, his split on his g three he was just a uh, just a cleaned up uh just straight nice end pointer um, and he had actually had a a really hard winner. That year, and uh, I, I think that he actually lost a little mass, but he gained main beam length, he gained time length, everything else. So yeah, still really nice looking deer.
0: Gotcha. All but, right. Uh, so, so knowing that, uh, w- did he make the shooters list that year in 2014?
1: I, I'm sorry, I didn't
0: hear you. Did did he make the shooters list? I mean, did he make your hit list in two thousand and fourteen?
1: Oh yeah, for sure.
0: How um how big was he? How what was his what were what did he look like? You, you mentioned he was just a perfect ten, a uh, little bit more time length and a little bit more main length on his main beam. But how how big? Give me a score roughly. And he was a four year old, right?
1: Yep. Yep. Uh. I would probably put him uh, in the fifties. Okay. Probably mid one fifties. Gotcha. Um, probably uh, main beams at the at the time were probably 24
0: inches. If I had to guess. Gotcha. Gotcha. So going into the two thousand, yeah, so, uh, going into the two thousand and fourteen season, you knew this buck was big. You knew he was on your property, and he was regular. Did you make any special Moves of tree stands, or or have a different game plan going into 2014 to to try something different to to harvest him.
1: Uh, well, I had moved some stands around. Um, I moved a couple stands a little a little tighter in the bedding cover. Um, and and to be honest, this this farm, it it doesn't have just your typical thick nasty bedding cover, but there are some spots that they tend to bed in and, you know, I, I closed in a little tighter on those. Um, I moved to stand, um, back into a creek where three creeks kind of come together, which I hadn't been hunting, uh, kind of going back to what we talked about earlier is that was kind of an area that I had had some trouble with, with cameras and tree stands being stolen before. Um, but I, I, I knew that it was a good area back there. Um, but but once again, I could never nail down a pattern on this deer. He was completely random. I would get pictures here and there, um, but it, it was never a pattern to where I knew at this point he's going to be coming out on this field and I'm going to shoot him. It was all hopes and prayers.
0: Two two quick questions. One was yep. there a is was there a lot of sign that would pop up throughout? throughout the years saying that yes you know there is an indication of of bucks being there and two was there um it was this property holding does
1: that uh that's a good question Dan, and i'll tell you what this, this farm for the most part i don't rely on seeing bucks until late october gotcha and i can only attest to that to the fact that it does have a good doe population, but for whatever reason, even when the bucks are there, we'll see scrapes pop up and, and a handful of rubs. But as far as sign, this, this farm just does not uh, does not have the type of sign that's typical with you know patterning bucks or uh, you know anything definitive. It's 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 a good farm uh, and. You know, we can always rely on, on killing you know uh, a buck in the area of maybe mid mid thirties or something like that. But yeah. uh, it, it's as far as sign goes, it's it's very tough to uh, to rely on sign or, or, for that matter, you know, try to read it.
0: Gotcha. Okay. All right. So 2014, the season has started. What's going on?
1: Uh, pictures early summer. Uh, September, pictures, pictures. uh, And as soon as October hit, he was a ghost, uh, disappeared. Um, But in this time frame of October, brother was walking into a stand and picked up a shed of his from 2013. Oh, nice. So, yeah. So he was laying in a field. He was walking to a stand that I had hung and probably – hunted at least five times already that year. (laughs) And I said, where, where, where you get that shed from? He said, Oh, uh, up there where you told me to to hunt tonight, I was walking up there. He said, it's just laying right there in the grass.
0: (laughs) It's funny, funny how you won't find them if you're not looking for them. Right.
1: So, um, no, no encounters at all. Um, going heading into November, uh, like I said that uh incoming baby was now at home and uh but uh, I gotta be honest, I was I was feeling the pressure from uh from the home front, if you will. Yep. And uh I, I actually took a deer probably uh probably a one thirty inch pointer. Gotcha. Uh It was ended up being a deer that was running with him all summer actually. Um But when, when, uh, opportunity presented itself, uh, I I took my chance and, uh, went ahead and and brought that deer home. (laughs)
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Hey, you gotta do what you gotta do. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and go ahead, man. I remember a couple, a couple years, you know, was it last year, uh, hunting season when, uh, my wife was pregnant and my daughter was, you know. Terrible, just starting your terrible twos. That uh, the 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 crunch to be home was very high. So I completely understand yeah. where uh, where you come from on that.
1: Yeah, um, you know it, it's funny. Uh, during the course of 2014, at the time I had been building myself for probably seven or eight years, and uh, you know, gotten a lot of footage that that I'm really proud to have. I uh, got a lot of deer on, on, you know, laid down that that I had shot myself, and um, mid mid uh, mid season of 2014, I had a I had missed a couple of deer, a couple of does, that uh, you know I, I kind of blamed on on just the rigors of, of trying to film myself. Right. And uh, mid season, I just I put it down, um, and in. in most part of that was just, what am I really getting out of this? You know, am I? Um, I was at the time I was filming for a, a local show, nothing, nothing uh, major by any means. Um, just more or less fun, you know, being uh being everybody kill on on camera. But uh, I, I had a heart to heart with myself and, and decided that that's not what I'm really out in the woods to do. Um, you know, there's there's no reason for me to reach for my camera before I'm reaching for my bow yep. so uh, you know I, I put my I put my camera away probably uh in October and uh, you know right after that I, I shot a couple of those and uh, ended up shooting this end pointer in 2014 um, and and couldn't have been more happy about it just the overall experience as far as uh you know just I'm out there for myself, you know, right. I'm, I'm enjoying the, the sunrise and, and things like that. And, uh, it personally for me, I mean, I know a lot of guys sell film and, and love it and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that, but, uh, you know, it was just a question that I asked myself and, and it was time. So,
0: right. And you know, I'm glad I did. Right. I'll tell you what, so, I went, I went um, eight years like having either a cameraman in the tree with me or trying to sell film. And this year was one of the first years. That I set my camera equipment to the side and I just went hunting and it felt awesome.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you what. I mean, not only uh, emotional, if you will,
0: but that backpack is a lot lighter without <laughs> all that gear in it. I hear that. <laughs> yeah. 2015. So, as uh,
1: 2015 rolls around, um, I knew he was still alive. Uh, after I killed my deer, I still had cameras running in '14, and uh, he was he was on camera quite a bit actually during the rut of 2014 in the daytime. So uh, I knew he was around. I had pictures late December, uh, late January, and as I deployed my cameras in the summer of 2015. Obviously, my my hopes and aspirations were were flying real high. He survived another year. I didn't get a single picture of this deer, Dan. Not one.
0: Had no, no idea. No pictures if, of this. If buck, he was alive. No pictures of this buck in the summer of two thousand and fifteen. When previously this deer was very, uh, this was his home range, right?
1: Yeah. I, if not home range, uh I knew his home range was at least on the neighbors farm. Right. So um uh, very but very close. I knew he was his core wasn't far off. Right. Didn't right. know for sure if it was on this farm, but it was definitely close. Um but there there was one thing that had changed. The neighbors <laughs> I think you I think you know about this also, the the neighbors had started uh logging their land.
0: I know all about that. So, yeah. So, uh, I
1: wasn't sure. And it, it, it wasn't real intensive logging. Um, so I wasn't for sure if that was truly enough to run him off. Um, but you know, I, I was holding out hope that he wasn't dead and he had just skirted my cameras. Right. But yeah,
0: no pictures, no, no pictures of him during the summer, or no pictures of him at all? At all. Not, at all. not one. So the the yeah. next time you saw him, you were sitting in the stand.
1: Next time I saw him was opening, well, let me, I'll back up at one day. Opening, opening day of rifle season, still hadn't seen him. And so what, I'm in a, what time is that stand? start? Uh, the second, the second Saturday of November of November. So okay. yeah, uh, unfortunately for me, my, my heart is not in bow hunting and Kentucky does a great job with, uh, with their fish and wildlife program, but I really wish that they would take a rifle season out of the rut. Um, cause it's, it's smack dab in the middle of it and I, I mean, it seems like Kentucky's really doing well as far as big bucks go, but how much better would it be <laughs> right. if those guns weren't popping the second weekend of November? Right. But so anyways, uh, I'm walking out the first day of uh, gun season and I see a deep, you know, pretty, pretty nice deer that's locked down with a doe. So this at least tells me that, you know, everything's working time frame wise, good deer are locked down there. At least, uh, I, I at least know that the rut's kicking off. So go back, get some lunch, go back out that evening. And like I said, I had not seen this deer. I didn't know. I, I hadn't seen any good deer at all. So I was really kind of frustrated to be honest. Um, yeah. I know we all get like that sometimes. So, I decided to just, uh, walk by one of my cameras and pull the card out and just go sit on the ground. Um, in in part of the farm that I don't hunt that often. So I go sit down, start going through the pictures and sure enough, there's big Larry. I had a picture of him probably four days earlier. Okay. So, you know, obviously, uh, I'm feeling a lot better about my, my circumstances at this time. Um, that that evening I seen I don't know, maybe a handful of little yearling bucks, but nothing nothing exciting. So go back, get a get a good night's rest and, and come back out that second morning of Kentucky's rifle season. And uh that morning was cold. Real you know, nice November morning. Um I, I might have seen a handful of deer, maybe I think I seen two yearling bucks and uh maybe a doe or two. And um, I, I had that I had that deer in the back of my mind from the day before that was locked down with that doe. And uh, I said, I better, I better just sit in a little longer today than I normally do. So as it was starting to get close to 11 o'clock, uh, I, I started getting some texts from my brother saying, are you coming out? You know, What are you going to do? And I said, no, I'm just going to sit in a little bit longer today. So shortly after I had... It got off the phone with him texting. I just, from probably 400 yards away, I had seen a deer. Um, just a glimpse of a deer out. Uh, I guess from the picture that I would describe, I was, I was in the middle part of the M, if you will. Yep. And this deer would, would have been on the far right side of the M across the field.
0: Gotcha. So...
1: I threw my binoculars up and, and seen this deer in, uh, in some thick, nasty cover and, and seen that it was good enough. I had no idea what the deer was. I just, I could tell it was a good, good buck. So, I untethered myself from the harness, uh, lowered my gun down, run down the tree, and I thought my best, my best interest with a, with a rifle anyways was to get down and at least, you know, pursue this deer to see what it was.
0: Gotcha. So,
1: I monkey down the tree, scramble through the woods there, and uh, go as far as I could in the woods without going out into the field and uh, bring my binoculars up. I, I don't see anything. You know I, know, I know that there's something down there because I've seen it walk, and it was walking very slow. I knew it wasn't going to be out of range by the time I got down there, but I didn't see it. So I'm, I'm trying to be level-headed about it, and I just wait. So eventually I see some legs down there. Get my binoculars on it. Come up. I could tell. It, I couldn't see the head of the deer, but I could tell it was a small deer. Um, so I'm I'm kind of putting two and two together. It's it, you know a little after 11 at this point. I knew I'd seen a mature deer out there, and now I'm seeing a small-bodied deer. So I'm thinking to myself, it's, it's probably a buck that's locked down with a doe. Um, and and sure enough, that's what happened. Uh, this this doe was was feeding, and and he was just following her. So. I watched I watched this unfold for probably 45 minutes to an hour where I had never seen this buck again. I knew he was there, or I'm assuming he's there. So I'm I'm trying to be patient about it, and I'm I'm watching this doe feed around. And uh, there's a break in this uh, little strip of wood that I'm watching, and she's she has crossed this little break in this wood, and she's probably 40 yards on the other side of it now. And I'm thinking if he's down there, he's not going to let her get too much farther before he starts to come across. And sure enough, uh, I'm sitting there and and I was hoping he wouldn't do this, but as big deer tend to do again, instead of just casually walking across (laughs) and giving me a nice easy shot, he starts to bolt across that opening And uh, I I yelled something at him. I don't know what it was. You know, just hey or Mac something like that. And he kind of turned. I wouldn't say facing directly at me, but quartering to me. So uh, I I get my gun ready, shoot, fire. And uh, they both wheel around and run straight back into the woods, right where they came from. And uh, with with a bow, you know. For the most part, whether you hit him or not. Right. Well, at this point, shooting across this field, it was probably 180 yards. Um, At this time, I wasn't for sure what happened. I just knew that he wheeled around and, and, and ran back in. So, emotions are running high, and I'm looking, you know, straining my eyeballs, trying to find this deer, trying to see movement down there. And there's a, uh, out in the field that's in between me and them, there's a valley that runs up towards me. And, uh, next thing I know, I see this doe probably 85 yards to my right. But what she had done is turned and hit that valley in that field, which I couldn't see her running up. She had ran up the valley and is actually now running into the woods that I was sitting in. And, uh, I told myself, if he's if he's not dead, he's he's gonna be right on her tail. And sure enough, I see this big rack loping across this you know low spot in this field, and I was gonna have maybe a forty five yard barrier there between him coming out of that valley and the edge of the woods. So I, I whipped around to my right, grabbed a sapling, and uh, as he's running across that opening there. I I got him in the crosshairs and shot. So as as I shot, his front legs went out, and he face-planted down in the dirt, but it didn't slow him down. He he got right back up and and ran straight into the woods. So I I wasn't really sure. I felt good about the shot, but I didn't know if I, you know, just maybe threw an errant shot into his knee. I knew that I didn't shoot his rack off this time, so (laughs) (laughs) that was good. But, um, so I just, I just sat down, uh, I sat down against the tree and, and collected myself. And, uh, at this point, I still didn't know what deer this was. I just knew it was a really nice deer. Right. So I sat down against the tree, called my brother, um, told him what had happened. And it said, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure. I felt good about the second shot, but I'll come get you. And then we'll come back and start the bullet trail. So I got my stuff together, threw my pack on, and as I stood up, I'm looking over just to kind of get my bearings on where he ran into the woods, and uh, there he was laying out on the edge of the field. So as, as he ran into the woods, he must have stopped and just kind of staggered or back out into the field.
0: Right. Right. So, yeah. When you When you saw him laying there and you knew he was dead... What was the first thought that went through your mind? Uh, just relief. Um, it, it was
1: it was a whirlwind of emotions. And the older I get, Dan, I don't know if you're the same way, but the older I get, the more emotional I get about these deer. Um, Amen. And I don't know if it has to do with, you know, all the other things that, that you know, you – you do in a daily life as far as, uh, you know, stress at work or stress at home and, you know, um, all the work that you put into it and, uh, you know, it was just a a big sigh of relief. and um, I didn't walk up on that deer yet. Uh, I went and got my dad and my brother so we could come up together and and see the deer. Um, So once once I collected them and, and came back, as soon as I walked up on him, that was the actual moment when I realized that it was a big Larry that I shot.
0: And once you realized, once you realized it was him, then did you have another kind of like, Oh shit moment?
1: Yeah, it was, uh, his as you can probably see in the picture, his head and his chest
0: are massive. He Um, he is the epitome ever shot a deer. Yeah. He is the epitome Um, of a mature buck.
1: Yeah. Um I I have never shot a deer that that was anywhere close to this size, you know, body wise, much less rack size. Um uh, but as I picked him up, it was almost like uh you know, I just I, I don't wanna say I wanted to pet him, but you know, I just kinda gave him a you know, a couple of taps on the neck and was just thinking to myself, you know, he had a good run, man. Like you uh he was he was far superior at eluding me than I was at hunting by far.
0: Right. Right. That's uh. Yeah,
1: so uh. Go ahead.
0: Oh, that's uh, one hell of a story. I mean, when when did you realize then that Big Larry that you had already had part of his antler from? 2000 and what 2012 when you shot this this uh, the the rack off this buck.
1: Dan, uh, I will get right back to this part, but I left out a very good part of the story. Okay, um, let's hear it. Just a couple week a couple weeks before I shot this deer, and this is 2015. A couple weeks before I shot this deer, I was walking to a stand and actually picked up that matching side that my brother had found um, that was actually dated back to 2013's shed. Um, so I actually have a matching set of sheds from 2013. My brother picked up one side in 2014. I picked up the other side in 2015. So it was kind of kind of <laughs> strange about, you know. That's just well, weird. The way we came about that. Yeah. Um but uh but getting getting back to your getting back to your question, um af- after I had gotten this deer home, uh I was just I have a hunting room in my basement where I keep all my gear, I have all my deer heads, things like that. And I was just sitting there one day, uh just taking it in, just realizing how lucky I was to take this deer, how you know, going into the season I felt awful but just because I wasn't seeing anything on camera and how things can turn around in the blink of an eye. Um, so I was just sitting there, you know, looking at all the deer that I had taken off of this farm over the years. And there lays that half of that piece of antler on the windowsill from that deer back in 2012. And I'm looking at it and I'm, I'm like, that main beam looks an awful lot like big Larry's main bean. So you know, my wheels are starting to turn and I'm running to get my, my laptop and I'm going to through pictures and, and sure enough, that, that same buck that I, at the time, had called the cornfield buck, generically, I'm looking at this deer, it's the same exact uh, the main beams look exactly the same, the brow pines are tilting in towards each other, um, and, you know, this was a deer that I, that I had never made a connection to, so you know, that was just one more bit of information that that really brought the story full circle for me and, and added to the whole experience.
0: That's unreal. I love, yeah. I love that. I I tell you what, I have a lot of deer where I'll find their sheds and I'll throw them in my pile of my small sheds. And then either I'll find a bigger shed or I'll get a trail camera picture of a big buck and, or I end up harvesting uh, a deer you know years after i find it and i dig through my old sheds and be like if this isn't the shed of this buck it's of somebody that's related to him because it looks an all op- like genetics right and the, yeah. the characteristics seem to go with particular par- areas of where i hunt yeah um you know
1: i have another part of the story um that that I'm really fortunate to be able to tell because it doesn't always work out like this. Um, and I know you've had stories like this in the past, but, uh, by means of social media, um, the the guy that hunts the neighboring property, which I didn't know at the time, I I never knew this guy. I just knew that there's people over there that hunted, but this guy had randomly somehow, maybe through friends, I'm not sure but had somehow seen this deer that I had killed and, uh, had gotten in contact with me saying, Hey, uh, you know, I'm, I'm the guy who hunts the neighboring property and I too have been hunting this deer since 2012. And just, you know, we got to chit chatting and, uh, you know, he wasn't upset. I'm sure, you know, I'm sure internally he was, you know, upset that, that he didn't get to take this deer home, but, um, he was more than willing to send me all of his trail cam pictures that he had over the years, um, and you know, this this deer is dead. But I ended up getting you know a, a good friend out of it, you know, to uh, exchange future trail cam pictures and and you know sightings or you know anything like that. Where you know that that situation could have been just a guy that was angry because I killed his deer, you know. Right. Right. so I'm, I'm really happy that it, that it turned out like that. I mean, it's, it's pretty awesome. It doesn't happen all the
0: time. Right. I've, I've definitely seen friendships get ruined by deer hunting and it's the stupidest thing ever. And when I was chasing a giant for five years, um, back throughout that, the story of shipwreck, I don't know if you've heard it or not, but, um, my neighbor the, na- the guy who owned the farm next to me ended up shooting him, and I felt disappointment, but not towards the guy who shot it. But that the story right. of this buck had come to an end. Not that I was jealous. Right. I mean, you know, in a way, you get you get a you get a flood of feelings, and I can I can definitely understand where this guy was coming from. But like like you said, you got a friend out of it, and I got a friend out of it, and to be honest this that is what hunting should be about it's not always that way but it should definitely sure. be about that and uh um, you know we're we're a, we're definitely a brotherhood and, and we definitely have to stick together
1: yeah um but as, as i was tallying that that deer up uh when i when i got home and uh was kind of taking it all in you know i was just kind of rough scoring this year and I'll, I'll be honest. I, I didn't know what to expect, um, and I, I was trying not to add it up in my head as I was measuring. But um, I, as as I started adding it up on my phone after I took all the measurements, it uh, he hit uh, one sixty exactly, one sixty even.
0: So that's, uh, that's a stud, I, man.
1: Yeah, but by far my my
0: biggest deer. Um, so the fact that he's giant. I mean, he's big in the rack, but the fact that he is a a giant, big-bodied, mature deer is what I feel makes him special. Yeah,
1: um, you know, it it would been it would have been a, an awesome deer had I never seen this deer before and just happened to get a shot at him. Um, but it, it's all about the story with me, you know. Uh, if I was to follow a deer for let's just say six years and and he's on the the downside of things and you know, his his track might only be 130 inches at this time, just because he's going down. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm personally not going to pass that deer up for, you know, a deer that I have no history at all with. Right. Um, Right. You know, it, you know, it seems silly and, and people that, that don't do this, uh, wouldn't understand but you know they're we make these deer kind of like friends and yeah <laughs> you, you wouldn't want to off your friends if you will but um you know you, you just you, you put so much into it that whenever you do get a chance it's just you know you know it's a uh, it's almost indescribable really
0: right right huh. you know other hardcore hunters can understand but people who don't hunt just don't get it so,
1: yeah. And, and, and likely, I mean, I don't understand all the things that, that women do. But, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> I don't try to understand them. So,
0: no, you don't. Don't you gotta, try.
1: You got to, you got to realize where they're coming from.
0: That's right. That's right. Well, Jim, I tell you what, thank you very much for coming on and sharing your story. It's one hell of a story. And I know my, the listeners are going to love it. And, uh, let me be the first to wish you good luck for the 2016 season.
1: Thanks, Dan. Uh, you too. I know that, uh, I know that your prospects should be uh, pretty fruitful coming up for this, this coming summer. So, uh, unfortunately you, you, you were eating tags, but that just means that there's more for next year, right?
0: I hope so, man. I tell you what, I, um, yeah. just, just because, uh, just because I don't kill a deer doesn't mean it's a successful, it's an unsuccessful season, but, uh, I definitely have right. to jump through this year. So, so we'll see what happens. Yep. All right, man. Uh, thanks again for sharing your story and, and, uh, good luck in the future. All right, Dan. Thanks. Pretty cool story right there. Shoots the rack off the deer and then kills him a couple of years later. Uh, you can't make that kind of stuff up anyway I want to thank you guys so much for taking time out of your day to listen to this podcast it means a lot to me Uh, I hope I'm doing a good job of uh, getting content out there for you guys if you like what you hear go to iTunes and Stitcher leave a review and uh, tell me what you think about it leave a review in the comment section of the website Uh, anywhere send me an email Uh, if you have any ideas send them my way Also, um, make sure that you guys check out my Facebook, Instagram, Twitter profiles. Uh, I'm on iTunes and Stitcher, so you can subscribe and download there. And uh, stay tuned for much more to come uh, throughout the month of January and February. And uh, as always, man, wear your damn safety harness.